Welcome to Sisterhood Hour Conversations, the podcast. I'm your host, Pumeza Langa. The World Health Organization has dubbed antimicrobial resistance as a global health and development threat. This is after realizing that antibiotics are becoming increasingly ineffective as drug resistance spreads globally, leading to more difficult to treat infections and death. The Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital is continuously looking to open a dialogue on various matters concerning the health of children. And with this particular topic, it's not any different. Our discussion will aim to educate and share tips on how to prevent and control the spread of antibiotic resistance. On this episode, I'm joined by Sonia Coleman, a clinical pharmacist at the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital in Parktown, Johannesburg. Sonia has a special interest in pediatrics and antimicrobial resistance. If you missed our Twitter chat earlier this week, just search for the hashtag ServeLikeMadiba or follow the hospital's handle at underscore NMCH underscore. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) Sonia, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on Sisterhood Hour, the podcast. And no, 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 it's just a recording. It's a recording. Yeah. So I'm literally just. I've, I've done my, my intro, so I'll just loop it into um, the main part of our interview, which is this. And okay. then we can just literally just have a conversation. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So you work as clinical pharmacist at Nelson, Children's, um, Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. Please tell us about that journey, how you started um, in your profession and how you landed up at the Children's Hospital. Sure. So I'm a pharmacist by profession. I did undergrad at Wits University. Mm-hmm. And I, um, my parents were in retail pharmacists okay. and I, I would take over the business. But in my first university, mm-hmm. I covered clinical pharmacy where we actually go into the war, into the hospitals, and you like mm-hmm. doctors more on a professional basis, advising them the correct medication and dosing so okay. when I qualified I did my internship with my parents and then mm-hmm. I did a master's in clinical pharmacy mm-hmm. through H. Medinza University mm-hmm. and then into then I went into um, the private hospital industry okay. and then the Mandela was established mm-hmm. I, um, I applied because I thought um, if you see the hospital, it's magnificent. Yes. What yes. we are offering children um, from, um, I also read the perspective, and um, and then I just thought what an amazing opportunity to work in a place as magnificent as this and to give children from all backgrounds the, uh, the, um, the chance to have first-class medical treatment, whether they pay for it or not. And that just, wow. so that's why I joined the team. I was lucky to get hired to join this amazing place. That's incredible. I mean, that's such an amazing journey. And for you to have seen an opportunity where you could actually give back yeah. on that level. I mean, the, the the hashtag that we use for the conversation is serve like Madiba. And that's such a selfless thing where you saw an opportunity, you're like, you know what, if this helps kids from all different backgrounds and their families, then this is the place for me to be. That's incredible. And we do, we work with the most amazing doctors and everyone's mm-hmm. working dream of, um, of serving Madiba. And for me, the biggest regret is he never, he never lived to see to see the hospital 
listening and the incredible work that we do. Oh, wow. But you know what? If, if one believes in the afterlife and how that part of, the, of life works, he is looking at this and seeing the work that's been done. And it's so incredible. I mean, I'm actually quite inspired by the work that you do. And to have been um, afforded the opportunity to just like play a little small part and being able to share information with other people who don't necessarily know the the ins and outs of what happens at the hospital, but also to just be better educated on the things that do impact um, kids and families and healthcare workers. I mean, that's how we even landed up having this particular conversation because we're talking about antimicrobial resistance. And for me, when I heard the term, I was like, wow, okay, I, I don't know what that means. I Googled it and I realized it was about antibiotics and um, illnesses. And the World Health Organization has actually dubbed it um, as a global health and development threat. Um, so please tell us a little bit more in terms of introductory about what is antimicrobial resistance. Okay, so, so the, the timing is actually um, important because mm. the 18th to the 25th of November, the World Health Organization actually created World Antibiotic Awareness Week. That's how seriously antimicrobial resistance they do is for um for this week if you look at the twitter um hemisphere it's going on about antimicrobial resistance yes. what it is is so to um to take from the from the world health organization viruses fungi and parasites resist the effects of education making common infections harder to treat and increasing the risk of disease spread Severe illness and death. So basically, what in in layman's term is, you have an infection, you've treated an antibiotic, the antibiotic doesn't work, and then you get a resistant infection, which can actually make you more sick. You're going to land, might land up in hospital, and you might even die from that infection. Oh wow! Okay, that's that sounds pretty serious. But now when you take it from, from the, I mean, when we, when we usually go to the doctor, the doctor gives us antibiotics and they always tell us, finish the course of treatment, especially the antibiotics. And somewhere along the lines, when you start feeling better, you start thinking, oh, but do I really need this? And um, I've always heard that, you know, a lot of the time when you are, when you don't finish your antibiotics and you get sick again, those particular antibiotics won't necessarily work. So you end up give, be given something stronger. So is that a form of resistance? Yeah, absolutely. So if you picture it, you have organisms in your mm. body and some of them are good organisms and some of them are bad organisms. Yes. And when the bad organisms are the more prevalent ones, so when you start taking an antibiotic, you kiss, you're killing those organisms. Yes. But if you stop taking it or it's, then those organisms are stunned, but they're not necessarily killed. So they then grow. I'm speaking in, in really easy language so you can understand. Please. So they, they then grow more. So the next time you need an antibiotic, that, or, that antibiotic that you used before, the organisms in your body are now resistant. So you now, so the antibiotics won't work and you're going to need something stronger. Please. And the stronger antibiotics, are sometimes ones that you can't take orally. So you then need to be hospitalized. Mm. You then need to be um, on an intravenous antibiotic. Mm. And hospital 
are not the safest place because you then can develop something called a hospital-acquired infection. Mm. It a vicious circle. Sure. Okay, so it's quite intense. So it is actually quite important that people do finish whatever course of medication they've been given that time that they are ill. But now when it comes to kids, I mean, I mean, I have my daughter and every time I try and give her vitamins, it's, you know, it, it depends on the day. Some days she's like, yes, you know, medicine, let's, let's do this. Other days I'm literally running around the house or sneaking it into her juice. So when you have kids who actually are old enough to understand that, you know what, you're not feeling well, this is the medicine you've been given. This is why it's important. How do we, you know, explain to kids so that they understand, so that they're the ones who are saying, mommy, daddy, you know, I haven't taken my medicine. I have to take my medicine. And they're the ones who are actually taking that ownership. How do we explain it to children? So I think before we can do that, we need to just go to what, what, what antibiotics treat, because yes. this is a really important phenomenon. So antibiotics treat bacterial infections. Okay. So the and so, so antibiotic resistance actually occurred mm -hmm. um, because of misuse and the abuse of antibiotics, as I explained before, oh. because people take irresponsibly yes. and unnecessarily. So when you go to the doctor, and the common cold is a virus. Oh, yes. So viruses are not, um, you can't treat viruses with antibiotics. Okay. So if you have to, um, and I do know that man flu is a very serious... <laughs> it is. It's very, very serious. It's very serious. Uh, very serious. And I mean, you, you do need to be in ICU for that. But for the rest of women and children <laughs> um, that have um, the, the common cold and the flu, when you go to the doctor, it's, it's really irresponsible and you cannot have an antibiotic for the flu. Mm. So once you, if you have children that are, have got a cold mm. or a flu just are un feeling unwell and they do go to the doctor, it's really important that you don't get antibiotics for the flu. You need something just like over-the-counter cold and flu medication and pain medication. Mm -hmm. Just need to take it easy, hydrate yourself. That's really important. Yes. And flu will pass. It's a virus. So I think that's the most important thing. We, whenever we have children, we, we do pre-COVID, yes. especially now Antibiotic Awareness Week, we actually get school children in and just explain to them about antibiotic use. Okay. Um, I think when you, so then to go back to the question is when you are talking about um, children that are old enough to understand, you need to give them resistance. So um, I started on this journey and my father died of a, of a superbug. And oh. for me, it was terrible to see him because I knew what was going on. I had enough insight to see what was going on and there was nothing to do about it. And the whole thing about antimicrobial resistance is it's for me, it's for my children mm. and my grandchildren have antibiotics when they're sick. And I once attended a lecture and um, the lecturer said that there will be a cure for cancer, but the patient will die of a superbug. And that always wow. hit when you explain to the children to say that um, you need to preserve taking the antibiotics, you need to take them when necessary, follow um, a doctor's, when, when necessary, absolutely, you need to take them. Yes. But just make sure that you're taking them responsibly. Yes. 
I said, antimicrobial resistance is not for me. It's for our children and for our grandchildren so that the antibiotics we have mm. can be for um, the bacteria, like the, the infections later on. Oh, wow. That, sure, that's actually quite oh. intense. But now coming back to um, with regards to antibiotic resistance in children, like it's quite high and it's associated with previous antibiotic use. Is this a true reflection of specifically South Africa and what's happening with our South African systems? So I actually um, just did a little bit of research to, to be able to speak to you. Mm. So no, resistance is, um, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's And it actually doesn't... Um, discriminate between race, age, gender. There's antimicrobial resistance all over. There's in adults, in children. Mm-hmm. But what is important is that there are certain... Um, mm-hmm. groups. There are certain groups that are more susceptible to, uh, to antimicrobial resistance. Okay. So your, your neonates, it would be children with HIV, with TB. Mm-hmm. South Africa does highest rates of HIV and TB. So that population is more susceptible. So um, in the research I did, it was like I found that neonatal sepsis kills around 1 million newborn babies every year. And in South Africa, in 2012 and 2016, there was a program that looked at um, neonatal deaths, and they found that 15% of neonatal deaths was a, one, was a month's babies greater than one kilogram. But quite during this is recently um, the the Barron neonatal unit did a demonstrated yes. that that hospital acquired in fact antimicrobial resistant infections are now the leading cause of neonatal mortality after the first week of life. Wow, it's very real. That is so scary. That is so so scary. And now with the majority of affected children, I mean. Um, had a, a history of prolonged healthcare and antibiotic exposure. So is that something that um, you're seeing coming up in terms of children being more vulnerable compared to adults? So that's a tough one. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm not sure how to answer them. Um, mm-hmm. They could I mean, it's resistance does happen from um, from prolonged use and from underlying comorbidities. So, as I mentioned, you've got HIV or TB, yes. then you're susceptible to not having um, for the antibiotics not working. Okay. Oh, and with regards to, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm one of those people in terms of when it comes to medication. Like, I I make sure that I try to finish everything i mean if it's like a painkiller then i'm like "Mm, do i really need it but when it comes to the antibiotics part of it i do finish the course but we do know sometimes i mean when you've got like an ache or pain or something you can open the medicine cabinet and you're thinking oh i can still use this one how big of a no-no is that for antibiotics yes that's one million percent no so there's a lot of reasons why that first of all medicine for um, children's antibiotics, mm. the majority of them are come in a powder form, mm. and then the pharmacy them into um, re- we call it reconstitutes it, okay. and it needs to be in the fridge, and it's only stable for a short period of time. So if you have left antibiotics, mm. 
once your five days or seven days mm. are up, to actually throw that um, bottle out because it's not stable anymore. Okay. And the second thing is, um, as I was talking about resistance, yes. is if you have you had a, used the antibiotic today and in a month's time you're not feeling well, you might not have the same illness yes. with the same ability to that antibiotic. So then if you're taking an antibiotic um, unnecessarily or mm. the antibiotic, you're just driving up resistance. The same thing is with taking antibiotics from somebody else. Yes. Resistance, because you do not know whether that, if, if you do have an infection, whether mm. that over antibiotics is actually the antibiotic that you need. And leftover antibiotics, you wouldn't have enough for a course. So mm. you just drive resistance. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, that's actually quite some really important things to remember there. And in terms of um, things that people can remember, um, especially like for myself as a mom, but for myself, but for my child as well, um, to keep in mind when it comes to, to um, antibiotic resistance, what are the key things that we just need to remember um, that you know we can just keep in the back of our minds and when we're sharing the conversation with somebody else, we can just share that these are the key things that you need to remember. Are they like your top three things that you can share? Uh, the first one is what I mentioned was that um, most infections in children are viral. So your respiratory yes. are normally viral. So when you go to the doctor, don't ask for an antibiotic. So there's a kind of watch and wait. But this is also, um, I must stress, this is under doctor's um, supervision and a doctor, um, just if the doctor agrees to it. So the watch and wait concept is um, when my children were small, um, mm. Um, mother to go to a doctor because I used to quiz them and my doctor always said like at what stage do I need to be dying to have an antibiotic but the watching concept is you wait you get two prescriptions you get the one for your pain medication or whatever and the second one is your antibiotic and you watch and wait and if 24 hours or 48 hours goes by and you're not then you go and fill the antibiotic the antibiotic script, but I have to stress, you can't do this on your own. You need to do it in, in, um, with the doctor's approval. Yes. Okay. Hundred percent. The second thing is, so if anything good that has come out of COVID, which there's not, mm. it's just everybody's attention to um, hand washing and, and hygiene, mm. really important because that's spread. Um, sneezing in the flex of your elbows is. Yes. And as I mentioned, not sharing antibiotics. Stay home if you're sick, if you've got a sick child. Stay, let the child stay at home. Don't send the child to school because that's how um, infections spread and illness spreads. And then education is really important. Oh, wow. Okay, no, thank you for that. And, sorry, the, the, the childhood vaccines is really important. Yes. Um, so make sure that, those, that your vaccines are up to date. Oh, that's a whole other topic that you're touching on there. I know, and I'm not going into the anti-vaccine story. <laughs> Let's not do that. We'll have another podcast for that one. <laughs> but um, what are some of the, the practical like ways? I mean, I think we've touched on it already in terms of the realistic ways to help prevent and control the spread of antibiotic resistance. I mean, is there anything that you want to add that um, we haven't touched on already? 
Um, so, I think basically just it was the, the inappropriate and the the inappropriate use for of antibiotics. Don't yes. don't share antibiotics. Don't demand antibiotics from your doctor. Just have enough knowledge to to know about antimicrobial resistance. And I, sometimes what happens is um, it's no fault of the doctor. I think parents mm. just go and they say, my child's not well, give him an antibiotic. And I just mm. give in to the pressure. So if we as parents stop yes. finding antibiotics, that will go a long way in um, creating resistance. No, that's true. It's, it's a really good point. I mean, before I became a mom, like I'd always wonder how you even like approach the conversation when it comes to your own child's health and even when my daughter does become sick once like immediately it's it's a case of i try not google firstly um what could possibly be wrong but also just going into the doctor and just explaining what the issue is what the problem is and then giving as much detail and then let the doctor guide me in terms of what we can do and even recently it was a case of just saying to the doctor fortunately touch wood um our little one hasn't been um sick this year because she's been out of school but there was a time in the beginning of the year the doctor was like look if if you need to go to to the doctor um to the pharmacy here's the script for the antibiotics but let's watch and wait like you said earlier and it's that watching and waiting which sometimes feel like it's the longest stretch ever because you think you need to say oh my gosh and I, I want my child to get better immediately but a lot of times like no it just takes time like whatever is you know working through their system it will go out so just you know let it go let it like let it just take place the way that it needs to and if push comes to shove then the next day consult with the doctor and be like okay cool i'm going to the pharmacist to get to to get the antibiotics so everything that you just said now that just it, it in my mind i'm like oh wait I've, i walked down this particular road completely i completely relate great and also what's important is to just work on one's immunity take vitamins mm. um, exercise just build up an, an, an innate immunity yes 100 percent, 100 percent Sonia, if there's anything else, do you want to share about um, the antimicrobial resistance or do you feel like you've covered everything? So I think I just, I just wanted to like explain what, what we do in, in the hospital setting, yes. how we antimicrobial resistance. Go so there's a program called Antimicrobial Stewardship Programs, which oh. is very, it's, it's quite a new phenomenon. It's, in South Africa, it's only been going on for the last seven to 10 years. But what we do is we, um, it's a multidisciplinary team approach between doctors, nurses, microbiologists, and we actually look at each patient that comes in with an infection and we make sure that the, the um, patients are on, we call it the four Ds, the right drug at the right dose for the right duration and at the right dose. And we just make, and we look and we do something called drug bug matching. We make sure that, um, that the bug that the patient has is on the right drug, that it's not a resistant drug. And that's how from outside we, we um, are trying to this antimicrobial resistance. But if you're sick in hospital and with, and with a resistant organism, yes. this, sometimes you could have done things better to prevent yourself from getting a, um, 
and infection. And also, so antimicrobial resistance is also what's important is if I take an antibiotic unnecessarily and I drive the resistance, yes. I then take resistance onto to the community. And that's why you have outbreaks. I'm not sure if you remember in January, mm-hmm. COVID hit us. There was that CRE outbreak in um, in the hospitals in Gauteng. Yes, yes. Died. So that's so that's what's harsh about antimicrobial resistance is it's, it doesn't just affect me. It affects the community that I live in and I, that I work in, and that's why appropriate use of antibiotics is so important. Wow! Wow! wow. Okay, that's actually wow. That's actually quite scary. But it's amazing that the hospital has actually got something, a system in place just to ensure that all um, avenues are covered and just to ensure that everybody understands the process. And then when your patient um, is administered with, with antibiotics, that the, the processes are followed and everybody's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, cross fingers. Yeah, we, we want them to be fine at the end of the day. True. I hope you really got something and you learned a lot from the episode with Sonia. I think one of the biggest things for me, especially having become a mom, is that I'm not a medical person. And when it comes to anything to do with my health and wellness, um, a lot of it, it's Dr. Google. And I remember when we were chatting with Sonia, um, even in person this week, was that, you know, it's, it's okay to check, but just make sure that you verify everything with a medical practitioner especially when it comes to your kids and I really appreciated the fact that she took the time to explain certain things and you know not to say she dumbed it down but she really broke it down for somebody who doesn't understand a lot of medical terminology and who does worry about the well-being of her family and I appreciated that aspect of the conversation and that's why I've really appreciated about my journey with the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. So if you're out there and you're worried that you don't know everything that needs to be known about your wellness and your health for yourself and your children, please don't feel like a bad parent. No one should make you feel like a bad parent. You're only learning as much as you go as you're journeying on this journey specifically as a parent or as a caregiver. And ask questions. Don't be shy. If someone wants to make you feel bad about not knowing anything, ignore that person and keep asking until you get the information that you need and you feel like you've empowered yourself and you understand what it is when it comes to your child's well-being, especially your child's well-being and also for you as well. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you learned along with me and it was a really great experience and see you in the next episode. Bye.